Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright, episode 146. After an insane day in the NBA playoffs, we have the NFL draft tonight. Apologies for those of you watching us live on YouTube. Hopefully, you're able to watch us live on YouTube right now. We had some slight technical difficulties, but we have too big of a show to let that derail us. Here is what did not make the cut for today's show. Not on today's show is the great news, however, that John Michi is returning to the field, the Texans draft pick last year. Cincinnati picking up Joe Burrow's option. Washington, in my opinion, shockingly declining Chase Young's option. I understand he has dealt with significant injuries. But this was the number two overall pick, the defensive rookie of the year. To turn down his option is shocking to me. And Kawhi Leonard, it's not shocking. It is wildly unfortunate, tears his meniscus. However, none of that is the lead. Not Last night in the NBA playoffs involved the Warriors showing they are still the champs, the Lakers falling flat, bing bong, the Knicks, dispatching of the Cavs in five. However, we can't lead with any of those stories because Diora, one of the most shocking first round upsets and one of the most shocking consecutive fourth quarters I've ever seen from a title favorite happened. Let's get right into it. Diora, where are we starting? Okay, so the Bucks are out. Yes. For the second game in a row, playoff Jimmy dragged the Heat back from the dead. It's the first time a number one seed has lost to a play-in team. Was this more legacy solidifying for Jimmy Butler or legacy damning for Giannis? All right. Jimmy Butler in this series was almost as good as any player has ever been in any series. I know that sounds crazy, but when you consider the fact that the Heat were one of the lowest scoring teams in basketball in the regular season, they lost their second best scorer for the series in the first game of this series. They lost Victor Oladipo in the fourth game of this series, or the third or fourth game of this series. They were playing the number one seed with the previously unanimously accepted best player alive. And Jimmy Butler averaged 38, 6, and 5 on 60% from the field and 44% from the from three. It's unprecedented that Jimmy Butler in these last two, I'll just give you his numbers in each of the five games against the one seed Bucks who were double-digit favorites last night and minus 1,200 favorites for the series. Game one, 35 and 11, win. Game two, 25 points and a loss. And then in the three straight wins, 30 points in game three. Then Giannis comes back. The Bucs are on the brink. The Bucs are up 12 points midway through the fourth quarter of game four. Jimmy, 56 and nine. And last night, 42 and eight. The Heat were down 16 in the fourth. He dragged them back. He forced overtime with a buzzer beater. He played 46 minutes. That is 98 points in consecutive playoff games. The second most in NBA history to Michael Jordan's 99 points 
back in the 93 postseason. Jimmy Butler took this team to the finals three years ago. Last year, Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals, and now has upset the Bucs. All credit to Jimmy. He is a dominant playoff performer. He is a superstar. He is, without question, one of the top 10, top, maybe top eight guys you would want for a postseason run. Now to the bigger story, which is the Bucs. This is not legacy-defining for Giannis, but it goes on the resume. You were the one seed. You lost in round one in five. And we'll talk big picture stuff with Giannis in a moment. But this game last night, the Heat deserve credit. Spo deserves credit. Uh, Jimmy obviously deserves credit. Also, I cannot remember in sports a time where a coach in real time panicked and froze more than we saw Mike Budenholzer last night. So, some context on the end of that game. The Bucks are up two, right? Now, actually, let me back up a little. Well, they're up one. There's a They almost turned the ball over. Probably should have been a turnover. They call a foul on Kyle Lowry. The Heat challenge gets overturned, jump ball. The Bucs win the tip. And then Giannis, my guy, who struggled mightily from the free throw line last night, 10 of 23, 13 misses, was so nervous about shooting free throws, he tried to throw the ball away again. That then led to uh, Drew Holiday's save, or Chris Middleton's save. Drew Holiday gets it. Drew Holiday goes one of two from the line. The Heat draw up a brilliant play. Butler catches it, tosses it in while falling backwards. It's now a tie game. There was half a second left, and the Bucs had a timeout. If you call timeout, you get to advance the ball to half court. Instead, Bud just stood there. They inbound the ball. They don't even get a shot off. That's a disaster. It can't happen. There is no reason not to call timeout there other than you were panicked. But the problem even with the panic is you have to know in the huddle before the Heat have their final possession. If they score, we are calling timeout. He must have thought if they score, there won't be enough time. So be it. It's still impossibly bad. Then at the end of the game, you don't get a shot off and your season ends with the ball in Grayson Allen's hands. Grayson Allen with him not taking a shot. Once again, there, the Bucs had two timeouts. Could have drawn something up. If you want to let them run in transition, so be it. But once you see the play has devolved to the point that Grayson Allen has the ball, with your season on the line. You must call time out. I I would not be surprised if Bud gets fired for this. I know he won a championship two years ago. Nick Nurse won a championship three years ago. He was, he, he was let go this week. Frank Vogel won a championship. Well, hold on. So I guess Nick Nurse won a championship four years ago. He was fired this week. Frank Vogel won a championship. Three years ago, he was fired before the season. Bud won a championship two years ago. It, it Tough times, man. Tough times. Now on Giannis and the legacy stuff. I have been saying, and I think smart people agree, that it is not a debate who the best player in the world is. It's Giannis. Dominant defensive player, unstoppable offensive force. And it has always irritated me when people are like, oh, he can't shoot. Because who gives a shit if he can't shoot when he's that effective? Super efficient, no one can stop him from getting to the basket. And last night, he damn near out of 40 and 20. 
So it's hard to lay it all at his feet. However, last night and in this series, his inability to create a shot and his free throw woes, which we saw him go 17 of 19 in a finals game to win the title and score 50, his free throw woes were so bad in this series that for the first time, his inability to shoot really cost them. And so we've got to wait and see how the rest of these playoffs finish out. And I obviously don't believe the Warriors are going to win the title. But if they do, I think Steph Curry gets to claim I'm the best player in the world. That was no super team last year. They won the title. If they win it again with Giannis in two straight years going out in second round and round one, I think Steph might get the throne. If the Nuggets win the title, Jokic maybe has a claim. I, it is the point I am making is Giannis didn't have to win the title in order to keep best player alive as undeniably his. But going out in round one in five, blowing back-to-back double-digit fourth-quarter leads against an eight-seeded Heat team that lost one playing game to the Hawks and damn near lost a second playing game to the Bulls. Yikes, man. That's a tough one. I love the guy. And now everyone's talking about his post-game comments. Diora, what's our question there? So what do you think about his comments about failure after the game? So he was asked by Eric Name, Nem, Name, I'm not sure. Do you consider this season a failure? And he gave a very long, interesting answer. And he seemed very frustrated with the question. And he's one of the things he said was Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six titles were nine of those years failures. And he said, basically, he is a great guy. I love Giannis. And he seemed genuine and earnest. Also, this season, by any fair definition, was a failure. Not It's not as reductive as there's 30 teams One team wins the title, 29 teams don't, 29 teams failed. That's not what I'm saying. There are different levels of success or failure. So I would argue, let's take the Dallas Mavericks. Last year, the Mavericks did not win the title. They made it to the Western Conference Finals. Last year was a massive success for them, even though they didn't win the title. They overachieved somewhat. They went on a deep playoff run. This year. They didn't even make the playoffs. It's an unmitigated failure. The the 04 Lakers made it all the way to the finals and then got routed in the finals. I think that season for them, it was the last year of Shaq and Kobe together. They had brought him alone. They had brought him Peyton. They put all their eggs in that basket. For them, it was championship or bust. Anything short of a championship for that team would have been a failure. Last year, Celtics made it to the finals, lost. Massive, successful season. There's nuances to this. There is no nuance to this. You are the Vegas favorite. You are the number one seed. You have theoretically the best player in the world. He is back for game four. You are up double digits in the fourth quarter. You lose. He is back for game five at home. You are up 16 in the fourth quarter. You lose. That is a failure. If I said, I want, there's going to be a, there's going to be a a vote taken. Best sports talk show in the world. I want first things first to win it. And in the first round of the voting, I get routed by somebody's cable access stream show. That's a failure. 
So this, I and I, there's a lot of athletes coming to Giannis's defense. I don't. Again, Giannis is a great dude, one of my favorite players ever, and I understand what he's saying in theory. Everything, every result this season that could have ended with them not winning the title would not have been, by definition, a failure, right? If they make the conference finals and Joel Embiid, the year he wins MVP, goes crazy and they knock out the Bucs and he's just better. I don't know that I'd call that a failure. Disappointing, fell short of your hopes, but not a failure. Losing in round one as a one seed, I'm going to do this off the top of my head, but the only one seeds to lose to eight seeds, the 94 Nuggets beat the Sonics in a best of five. The 99 Knicks beat the Heat in the strike year or lockout year in a best of five. The I know the We Believe Warriors beat the Mavericks in 07. I know the Grizzlies beat the Spurs in 10 or 11. The Bulls lost as a one seed in a year that Derrick Rose blew out his knee. And I'm, I'm leaving one or two out. But it's only happened like seven or eight times. It, it, it is a failure. It doesn't mean you're a failure as a person, as a basketball player, as anything. Your season was a failure. And it is this to me, just sidebar before we get to the other stuff. This to me is where at times social media can turn into Diora a bit of like group think what Dan Lebetard would call captain easy stance. So this reporter says, was your season a failure? Giannis gives a thoughtful answer and everyone, the ball starts rolling downhill on that reporter's a clown. Giannis is the greatest. And everyone starts kind of parroting the same opinion. When I think privately, anyone that's a sports fan says, Hey, would you consider this Bucks season when they were, you had to, if you bet $100 on the Bucks to win this series, you would have won $7. That's how big of a favorite they were. And they lost in five to a Miami Heat team that lost Tyler Hero in game one. Would you consider that a failure? Everyone would say, yes, of course. So I, I love Giannis. Go ahead. Nothing. No, speak on it. No, I was just going to say, you really can talk about the Bucks for an hour, huh? Oh, yeah, that's true. I said on my... You work- spent the entire the entire timer talking about the Bucks. You, is it one of the crazy... Is it, you guys don't know what you were referring to. She heard me do my conference call for First Things First today, and we were talking about what's going to be in the show because there's so much to discuss. And I said, I could talk about this Bucks game for six hours. I mean, there's things we haven't even gotten to, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a historic upset and Giannis's comments were interesting and Jimmy Butler's unbelievable. And it was, I mean, it was, it was out of this world. All right. And also, I don't want to talk that much about the Lakers. So I kind of filibustered next on TV. You said that the keys to the, the keys to the Lakers winning were a big AD game and a triple J and triple J getting in foul trouble. Yep. Check, check. Well, both happened. I also said, and Dylan Brooks taking a bunch of threes and kind and, of booed. That happened too. And yeah. the Lakers still lost. Yeah, they did. Got blown out. Could it be because LeBron was shooting at Russell Westbrook levels? Okay. Go, go was on. that too mean? No, I mean, well, just go ahead and finish your silly okay. question. What I meant to say is, was it because he was shooting at Dylan Brooks levels from three? Okay. What's he shooting? Three over three? 28 from three over the last four games. Three of 28 from three. It's not good. It's like 11%. So are you worried yet about your Lakers and your precious LeBron King? Okay. Not worried. They're going to win game scared. six. Not, wor- not worried at all. Not scared. They're going to win game six at home. However, Anthony Davis was excellent. Triple J did get in foul trouble. Dylan Brooks did try to shoot the Grizzlies out. They did lose. 
And it was because LeBron was awful. No way around it. LeBron, you're entitled to a bad game. LeBron went like seven. But if anybody years. else does it, no. So this isn't a failure. Oh no! If they lose the series, if they end up blowing a three-one lead, that would be a failure. Now it's weird because they're the seven seed and the Grizzlies are the two seed, so it's kind of the inverse of what had happened before. But they were up three-one. But no, you you're not. Teams don't sweep other good teams in the playoffs. You're going to lose games, and everyone is entitled to bad playoff games. LeBron spoiled us because he went about seven years without a truly bad playoff game. Look it up. 2012 to 2018, someone find me the truly bad playoff game LeBron played. It just didn't happen. Uh, but he did last night. He was bad. And he is he's not the only reason they lost, but they can't win with him playing that way. He knows it. He said it after the game. I'm not afraid to say that. I do believe at home in game six, he'll be excellent. But this was one of the worst elimination games, closeout games, I should say, LeBron has ever played. He And by the way, his shot right now is unspeakably bad. Three of 28 from three is horrifying. And it just is what it is. Like, if he's three of 28, in the last four, that means in the series, he's six of 36. It's one over six. So he's shooting 17% from three in the series. He's shooting 11% over the last four games. Shots got to fall and he's got to be better. But the Lakers are not going to lose at home in game six. And I'm not worried about the series. I do think something that hurt the Lakers yesterday was Dylan Brooks getting in foul trouble. And therefore, having to come out of the game, the best thing the Lakers have going for him is Dylan Brooks playing for the Grizzlies. Furthermore, uh, furthermore, what, what, <laughs> nothing. The uh, well, now you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> but the the other element of last night that was so frustrating is the Lakers played terribly in the first half, but were only down nine, and then in the third quarter, three times, cut the lead to one. Had a chance to take the lead, couldn't do it, and then the Grizzlies go on a 19-2 run to end the third quarter and end the game. Just end the game there. So I'm not worried about the Lakers, but that's a terrible law. I mean, it's a terrible LeBron performance. The Grizzlies were desperate. They were at home. They were favorites for a reason. But AD was good enough to win, and they didn't win. Good thing. But Dior, you know what that means. Damn good, damn good thing. Furthermore, uh LeBron saved their ass in game four, man. Oh, game winning the game tying line. Oh, you're blushing. Next. <laughs> Furthermore, we all know you love the Kings and picked them against the Warriors. And I warned you that this take wouldn't age well. I believe that we talked about you being wrong about the Warriors before. Yeah, we did. What's the Warriors point? went into Sacramento and won and now have control of the series. Do you think the beam is done being lit this year? Listen, the Kings Short are in a rough spot. Yes. The Kings... Stop it. Let me give the answer. <laughs> okay. The Kings are in a rough spot. They needed yesterday's game. There's no denying it. My guy, De'Aaron Fox, I know Wilds and Brew on TV were like, Nick, you're overreacting to the finger injury. He's going to be fine. He was 9 of 25 from the field. He was 3 of 10 from 3. He started the game out well. He then, as is likely to happen, re-aggravated the finger and wasn't as good. It obviously hampered him. The Warriors won because their big three were exceptional. Steph was great. Clay was very good. And as much as it pains me, Draymond was out of this world, man. It was one of the best Draymond game games Draymond's played in a couple years. And now the Kings have to go to San Francisco to win game six. They do that, they'll win the series. They're not going to lose game seven in Sacramento. And I still believe in the Kings. 
But that was a crushing loss. There's just no way around it. That Warriors third quarter got them, and it's a crushing loss. And now you look back, Harrison Barnes, by the way, still seems, you know, a little like there was a bit of a hangover from that miss in game four. And Kevin Herter has to get going for this team. Flatly has to get going. Kevin Herter shooting 20% from three in this series is not going to get it done. And luckily, if the Warriors do win the series and I'm wrong, the Lakers will be able to take care of them in round two. But my heart, Diora, might not survive that series. Can you, you realize a Steph LeBron Warriors Lakers in round two of the playoffs? What that would mean for my health and well being? Also, I am going to be in Sacramento for what would be game seven of round two. And I yesterday was already looking at tickets for Kings Lakers in Sacramento. You would never expect to be wrong. What'd you say? You'd never expect to be wrong. I didn't think I'd be wrong. You're right. That's what everybody says that to me. They're like, Nick, you argue like you don't you, you don't think there's any chance of you being wrong. Why would I think I'm going? Why would anyone ever argue something that they think is going to be wrong? I've never understood that about people. They're like, you argue in such a way like you're not even considering the possibility that you're wrong. Of course not. That's why I'm arguing the point, because I believe it. I I think the Kings are better, but the Warriors are up 3-2, and now the Kings got to win back-to-back games. It's not great. There's no way around it. I'm not going to pretend. Can't check your phone while you're talking. I'm not going to pretend that everything's all smiles and rainbows. It's not great right now. It's just not. Next. Okay. So, furthermore, the Knicks are back. Too bad every single New York's Hoops fan hates you. Every single one of them. First, Rodgers comes to the Jets, and now the Knicks won their first series in a decade. As a Knicks hater and a Lucas superfan, how tough is it to see Jalen Brunson become a real star? All right, I'm happy for Jalen Brunson. Obviously, this really stings the Mavs. But let me let let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Because you nailed it. Knicks fans hate me. I didn't want them to hate me. Just happened, you know, organically. Because I did not believe in the Knicks as a serious playoff contender. I thought that they were that Tibbs teams were playing their playoff intensity in the regular season that they wouldn't be able to get to that next level. Instead, it was the Cavs that couldn't get to that next level. And then on top of that, you now have the Bucks collapsing to the Heat and all of a sudden the Knicks are favorites with home court advantage. To make the conference finals. That part nobody saw coming. Do you think you owe the Knicks fans an apology? I mean, a little bit, maybe. I I I I suppose that you could one could argue that I owe the Knicks fans an apology. I I don't I don't know what they want from me. Other if an apology will do it, I'll give it to them. But I, I'm in a weird spot where I think I was saying what most people believed about the Knicks. I just all of a sudden get tarred as if I'm the only person that thought this Knicks team was not a real contender. I'm not the only person that thought this Knicks team was not a real contender. But such is life. I give them credit. They they lost Julius Randle yesterday. They didn't miss a beat. They made the the Cavs all of a sudden are going to be in real rough shape as far as what their offseason looks like. And the Knicks are favored at home to go to the conference finals. Nobody could have saw that coming. Nobody did see that coming. But 
credit to them. I mean, they they did what they did. They deserve massive credit. I did not think they could do it, and they did it. And that one, I told Knicks fans when they were all mad at me, I said, listen, I'm not, they were like, oh, you're trolling for clicks. I'm like, I'm not trolling for clicks. It's what I believe. If I'm wrong, I'll wear it. I was wrong about the Knicks. They had a gear I did not think they had, and Jalen Brunson's been excellent. So I give them credit. Go ahead. So do you think we're on the verge of a New York sports renaissance? With Rodgers coming here and the Knicks. I mean, right now it's an exciting time for my friends Pep and Josh and these guys that are Knicks and Jets fans. It's got to be one of the best weeks of their adult lives as a Knicks fan. I mean, it, it just has to be. So I, listen, I give them credit. The Knicks did something not many people thought they were going to do. Even if you thought they were going to beat the Cavs, you didn't think it was going to be in five. And now because of the Bucks meltdown, you're the favorites against the Heat. Credit to the Knicks. Also, I've got the heat in this series. We're going to try to take a quick break, come back. If you're watching us on YouTube, we may or may not actually be able to take the break. We'll find out together. Take a quick break. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome, Welcome back. back, everybody. Okay. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 146. I'm dealing with slight, our, our YouTube stream's got some technical difficulties. My computer's currently having technical difficulties. Such is life after an insane day in the NBA playoffs. All right, Diora, uh, what's our last topic before we get to our game of the day? Okay, so you shocked even yourself on TV yesterday by picking Denver over Phoenix. You're concerned about the Suns' depth and workload, but this is a huge zag. Are you scared that the Jokic brothers would come after you if you didn't pick Denver, or is this a sincere take? No, of course it's a sincere take. I... So the reason I like Denver in this series is I was, and it is a zag. I, I thought I would like the Suns in this series, but I I did not like anything from that I saw from the Suns in round one. Nick, they won in five. They won in five against a team. It's 1-1 after two games against the Clippers who don't have their second best player. And then their best player goes down for the rest of the series. So now they're playing a team whose best player is Russell Westbrook and second best player is Norman Powell. And those are close fourth quarters. You then add to it that no the, the highest scoring duo of any championship team was Shaq and Kobe in 01. They averaged 59 a game. That right now, Katie and Durant, or I'm sorry, Katie and Durant, Booker and Durant are averaging 66 points a game. That's not sustainable. The most minutes played in the postseason thus far is Durant. The second most minutes is Booker. The ninth most minutes per game is Chris Paul. That's not sustainable. Denver is going to, it has home court. That series obviously is at altitude in Denver. All of that massively concerns me. And because of that, I, I think Denver is going to win the series. You, you can't win 
four rounds with a five-man team. That's what Phoenix is trying to do. And the fact that they needed to play Booker and Durant 97 minutes a game combined to get past a injury-ravaged Clippers team, to me, is incredibly concerning. So, yeah, listen, I'm not a big Jokic guy. Everybody knows that, but it's not like I think he's a bad player. I just didn't think he should have been MVP the last few years. I think the Nuggets are going to win this series. And I also don't like that late in games, the offense isn't running through Durant. It's running through Devin Booker. That concerns me as well. Just a lot of warning signs to me for the Phoenix Suns in this series. All right, next. Okay, so tonight is the NFL draft, just yeah. in time for the return of the so soothsayer. Hold on, hold on. Before we do that, just real quick. NFL draft. So there's seven rounds of it. Tonight is just the first round. 32 teams. There's actually this year only 31 picks because the team, the Dolphins lost their pick for tampering with Tom Brady. But it's, you know, the commissioner walks up, says the name of the player that they're drafting. How long do you think the first round of the draft? Because it's on TV. Millions of people will watch. You can watch sitting with me. How long do you think it takes for the 32 teams to pick their players for the first round? Not all seven rounds, just first round. Like, how long do you think the broadcast will be tonight? Give it a guess. Three hours. Five and a half hours. It's going to be so great. That, with Hawks Celtics on, secondary screen, very exciting. Great television night. Also, it is a rough week for marriages, man. We had an NBA triple header Tuesday, a quad header last night, uh, NFL draft tonight, plus Hawks Celtics. Tomorrow night, you have uh, NBA, what do we have? A doubleheader plus rounds two and three in the draft. Lit nervous. But okay, go ahead. What game are we playing? We're about to play a game of Nick Stradamus. Yep. Okay. So four QBs have been prophesized. Young, Stroud, Richardson, and... and... Look at the screen. I love that. That is a great Photoshop for those of us. For those people that have stuck with the tech through the technical difficulties on YouTube, you're getting a great Photoshop treat there. But go ahead. Um, Young, Stroud, Richardson, and Levis. Yep. Yeah. However, the exact order of said prophecy was lost. Yeah. You were able to decipher the prophecy of the prince that was promised. Yep. Work your magic again. Nick Stradamus, Soothsayer of Sport. What say you about this year's QB prophecy? Well, listen, Bryce Young's going to go number one to Carolina. It then gets real tricky. It wouldn't be shocking if the Texans at two don't take a quarterback. See Demonze on the I see Demonze in the corner in the tarot card. If the Texans end up taking Will Anderson at two, and then a team trades up with Arizona so they can get their quarterback at three. I don't know if that's the... There we go. Uh, here's what I will say about the quarterback my quarterback predictions. I don't love this class. The guy who I think has the best chance to be a star is Anthony Richardson because of all the crazy athletic tools. He's not going to go number one. Bryce Young will go number one to the uh, I, to the Panthers. I might have said the team wrong earlier. He's going number one to the Panthers. But Bryce Young... My concern with him is the same concern that I always tell you I have with these quarterbacks. He's too little. It was my concern with Kyler. You can't be 170 pounds and play quarter or 180 pounds and play quarterback in the NFL. You just can't. And so I, I think he's a great young man. I think he's super sharp. His college tape is great. I worry about his ability to stay healthy, but he's going to go number one. The quarterback I would take if my team needed a quarterback and I thought I had to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence and those guys would be Anthony Richardson, even though it's a project. Next. Okay. There's been a lot of bad juju surrounding C.J. Stroud after reports of a bad cognition Cognition test score Mm -hmm. and him spurning the Manning camp. Yeah. But is this all just mumbo jumbo? Use your third eye to see if... There is actually anything wrong with Stroud. I don't know if there's anything wrong with Stroud, but I do think he's going to be penalized for this by teams. Okay. I think that there was, when the Panthers initially traded up for number one, there was real smoke that he was going to go number one. Now there seems to be real smoke 
that he potentially could be the fourth quarterback taken. I don't know that I buy that. If the Texans pass on a quarterback at two, I find it impossible to believe that if he's there at 12, where they also have the pick, that they're not taking him at 12. But I do think, and I don't know that I buy the validity of it, but that the S2 cognition test and his grade being so bad on it is going to hurt him. I know that he came out and said, I'm not a test taker. I'm a football player. I get that, and I respect that. And people that study this stuff more than me really like his processing and his film. But I do think he's going to fall in the draft. I think a guy who some people thought was going to go number one, now, to me, it seems unlikely he's even the second quarterback taken and on the board that he's the fourth quarterback taken. All right, next. Okay. The center of the NFL cosmos for the NFL draft is located not in Neptune nor at the edge of Kyrie's flat earth, but in Kansas City. Yeah. Gaze into the future. Will Kansas City thrive or will the universe collapse in on itself? Uh, here's the thing. I love my hometown. I'm so excited we get to host the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is the, you know, the ideal location. For a mega event, it's not really what Kansas City is built for. However, what you are going to get, nothing's the only thing sports reporters like more than Bruce Springsteen concerts is g- talking about great local food. And Kansas City has awesome food. And they're going to have, you're going to, you cannot go wrong with the local barbecue spots. Now, our downtown, Leaves a little something to be desired, but there is great Mexican food in Kansas City. There is the best barbecue in the world in Kansas City. I'm sure some people would disagree with you on that one. On what? The best barbecue in the world. Okay, well they're wrong. I mean it's 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 accepted by anyone with a brain that Kansas Kansas City is known Texas for its barbecue. Is better. Texas is known for their barbecue. Yeah, and it's in Texas barbecue and it's dry rubs and their obsession with brisket. It's just not even close. I've lived in both places. It's not either. It's it, and St. Louis barbecue stinks. Memphis barbecue very good. The Carolinas Texas barbecue is definitely the best one. It's it, your loyalty. I'm gonna read the, these comments afterwards and see what they say because I bet you everyone will agree with. Me. Okay, well I don't give it. They're wrong. And when I'm telling you another one of those things that you can't. Where be wrong is on. the best barbecue? You, you, do you think it's not? Uh, a very widely held belief that Kansas City is the best barbecue in the world. I'm sure some people think that, but I'm pretty sure every like it's kind of a general consensus that Texas has the best barbecue. And I'm telling you that you that is nonsense. We li- Texas. Here's the thing. Here's the hot take people aren't ready for. It's not that Kansas City barbecue is better than Texas barbecue. It's that Texas barbecue is below average. It's that. If, if we are ranking barbecue, it's Kansas City 1, Memphis 2, the Carolinas 3. That's the list. And so don't go. I'm not. I'm you can, So. Yeah. Number one is Texas. According to what, Diora? Second is Memphis. According to what, Diora? Third is Kansas City, Missouri. According to what, Diora? Google. No, well, that's just the first as search engine optimization because i can tell you right now the new york post said the number one barbecue restaurant in america is joe's kansas city and joe's kansas city while great and i had it when i was there a couple weeks ago is not even the best barbecue place in kansas city and they're going to the best barbecue place in the world literally every single place i'm looking at has missouri as third no matter who's first and second okay and i'm telling you right now that because some dopes at some marketing firm in Houston, optimized their their search engine uh, queries to. You could just admit that you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. It, it they're totally every single place styles. has Kansas City as third. Listen, and first is either Memphis or yeah. Texas. Okay, that's great. I'm very happy that people love Franklin's in Austin. Give me a break. That the 
That's why you didn't say capital. anything when you Googled because you saw that everywhere said Texans. That's no, why, that's why you went I'm not, I don't, again, I Googled these it. places. And I have too. Oh, you, you, you don't claim Kansas City. You have a, I said I don't claim it as my hometown. That doesn't mean I didn't live there. You, you, listen. The, now, I'll tell you this much. Oh, oh, by the way, what's the barbecue capital of America? Kansas City is the barbecue capital of the world, according to visitkc.com. <laughs> Yeah. What Good US job. cities have the best barbecue? Lockhart, Texas is number one. Give me a break. Lockhart, Texas. What is the best barbecue in the world? This, this place, Vinto Haragano in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm sure it's quite good, but give me a break. The top now, three barbecue cities in, in the U.S. San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, that is obviously a Texas Listen. They are different styles of barbecue. They, I, we're ending this debate here. They are different styles of barbecue. Texas is all about dry rubs. No, it's not. Yeah. It's big on ribs. It's big on. Giora, hold on a second here. He's so I'm, wrong. Dry rub is he not won't a. won't admit it. Dry rub is not a meat. It's the I way know. you it's prepare the, way it's... The, the meat. And, te- and Kansas, Kansas, Carolina's is like a vinegar based sauce. Kansas City is about, a lot of it is about. The sauce that goes with the barbecue, hence Casey Masterpiece barbecue sauce. And Texas is all about dry rubs. It's just not as good. It's just flatly not as good. Now, back to the point of the question, this is why I'm not certain Kansas City is the ideal major events, you know, city in America, because the best thing we have going for us is the barbecue. Luckily, the barbecue is the best in the world. I'm not listening to any more arguments on this. We are moving on. What is next? What is next? Do you think you won that argument? I do think I won that argument, actually. Okay. The night sky is full of stars, but some may be in motion. Astronomers predict the DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry constellations may be shifting. Interpret the stars. Which will we move during this draft? I think DeAndre Hopkins gets traded. I think he might get traded to the Chiefs, which would be great for him because he'd get to move to the best barbecue capital of the world after living in Houston and having to deal with that mediocre, He's definitely move to overrated barbecue. Like, oh, I miss the Texas barbecue. Best in the world. If you're not watching on YouTube, if you are watching on YouTube, you can tell. If you're not, I'm going to reveal something right now. I'm really annoyed. I'm like, highly irritated. Your brother would never do this. Where is he when we need him? Where's my actual You think DeMonze wouldn't stand with Texas instead of Kansas City? I think DeMonze... No, you know! I he think, would be on my side here. Oh, I think deep down he might agree with you, but I think DeMonze, much like despite doing the show for He's a agreeable. year, never had the audacity to try to do the intros and the outros himself he would understand that when I am this firm and adamant about something, it is his role as the co-host to lay down his sword. You, on the other hand, just yip, 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 yip. Realize when you have a co-host, that means that you're both co-hosts. I disagree with that. I've heard that before. I disagree with that. You're like saying I'm the co-host. We're co-hosts. No, I'm the host. If there's a host, there's only one person. It's co-hosts if there's two people, which means we are both co-hosts. Yeah, I disagree. I I understand what you're saying. Many people agree with, and I'm sure if you Googled that, it would come up in your favor as well. I flatly disagree. I'm the host of like the, by the way, this is you're the dictator and I'm Co- your subjects. Co- Colin, Colin does this too. When he introduces me on the herd, he says the co-host of first things first. And always deep down, I'm like, yeah, the host of first things first. Next. Whatever. Next. Okay. Bijan. Sorry. Bijan. Yeah. Go um, ahead. In the time of old sages, first mm-hmm. round running backs were plentiful, but a chosen one has risen from the ashes again this year. Read the tea leaves. Which team will select Bijan Robinson? This is a tough one because it just would ju- be the wrong decision to spend a top 10 pick on him. Not because 
a running back can't be great enough for you know four years to make that worthy of a top 10 pick. But because none of the teams drafting in the top 10 are that are a piece away from winning. If you had a team that will let me give no team drafting in the top nine is a piece away from winning, I should say. A team like Philly that was in the Super Bowl and only has a top 10 pick because of that foolish trade the Saints made. If he's there at 10, I don't think that would be a bad pick for them. There's window is right now. He's awesome. Now it's running backs, so it's not a long career. I understand all of that. But it would I know there's some rumors like, hey, could Atlanta take him? They're so far away, that would make no sense. But Philly is not. So Philly at 10, to me, could make sense. If he gets past Philly at 10, I think that the Jags at 24, but they just spent a second-round pick on Travis Etienne. That's probably unrealistic. The Bills at 27, if he were to fall that far, it, that would make sense for them. I hope that the Bills or the Bengals don't take him because I do think for three or four years he could be elite and really help them. Next. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. We're done. Oh, okay, sweet. Sorry, I'm still tilted. Oh, Demaze apparently has weighed in on the barbecue debate via text. What did he say? What does he say? Oh, look at my guy. There's my guy. That's what I'm seeing. Where you at, son? Can we? I know we're building out a studio in LA that's not supposed to be ready till August, but maybe we can get that done earlier. What did he say? Look at the screen. Casey's the best. That's what Demonze said. How about that? He, he knew you needed someone on your side. Well, no, he just he understood his his what? <laughs> uh, he just under you know. He gets it. He understands all of our jobs within this family podcast. Which is what exactly? To make me look as good as possible. That's the role. It's pretty hard. Okay, quick break right back. Answer your questions in the chat. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in episode 146, What's Right with Nick Wright. We have a surprise video from Demonze, I'm told. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited to see it. Before we do that, though, Diora, let's read some listener questions or comments. You go right ahead. Okay, CVM said Texas and Memphis and North Carolina are all better than Casey. Okay, go to okay, go to Arthur Bryant's order half burn-ins, half 
pulled Ew. pork and what? Burn-ins are not good. See, so the, oh, now we have the answer. That is probably Kansas, the, the staple of Kansas City barbecue is burn-ins. So if you don't like burn-ins, it is like being like, oh, all French restaurants suck. By the way, I hate Duck L'Orange. Like, give me a break. You just don't like the specialty. Like, the, I mean, you guys like the Duck L'Orange drop? Uh, just, you just, you should have removed yourself from this argument. Like the veins are popping out in your forehead. Uh, you're really frustrating me. Next question. Uh, all right. What's Caleb's Salia asking Diora? With the draft tonight, what picks or trades could occur that would indicate what's in Lamar's future? Could the Colts trade down or pick a non QB with the hopes of signing Lamar after the draft? Yeah. If, I think that'd be a, that's a great question. If the Colts don't, if the Colts don't take a quarterback, that's got to alert your Lamar antenna. Any team that trades away a pick in this year's draft to get an to get extra picks in next year's draft, if that team needs a quarterback, that should raise your Lamar antenna. Or any team that spends a premium pick this year on a wide receiver. If they don't have their franchise quarterback set, that should raise your Lamar antenna. That's a great question. Uh, all right, next. Well, John said to ask, what direction do you think the Bucks will go from here? Uh, I think they fire their coach. I think, I think that they, they fire, fire their Budenholzer. coach. I think that this series can get the coach fired. I do. All right, what King of Fedoras? Okay. Oh. You got it? Yeah. King of Fedoras asked, if Jimmy Butler wins a title in Miami, is there a legit case for him? Oh, gosh. Being the greatest heat of all time? No, 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 no. That's Dwayne Wade. LeBron's the best player who's ever played there. But the greatest player in franchise history is Dwayne Wade. And there's no question about it. Uh, He delivered them a title in 06. He was the second best player on a team that went to four straight finals and won two more titles. it's, It's without a doubt. It is uh, D-Wade. So, no. But he gets on the Mount Rushmore. Right now, the greatest Heat ever are D-Wade, LeBron, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning. I think he knocks Alonzo Mourning. Maybe he knocks Shaq off that because he would have delivered. Yeah, I think he would knock Shaq off that list. All right, next. Okay, so next. Yeah, Burstin Studious. Burstin Studious asks, what do you think the trade market for Kawhi and or Paul George is for Kawhi and or Paul George? They couldn't, they could definitely help a lot of contenders, but are too unreliable to be number ones. I mean, I think there's a far better trade market for Paul George than Kawhi. I think Kawhi at this point is almost untradeable. He's on a max contract and it looks like he might have a degenerative knees. Like, I just don't think, I don't think there's a market for him. I also think they're just going to run it back. All right, last one before we get to DeMonte's video. Go ahead. Okay. Mike Swain said, Diora, you may hate me for this, but but he loves the rating that you give me on the show. Oh. And that I've really come into my own. Oh. And that you, that he thinks that you're just really proud of me and that he loves the show. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, and I was really proud of Dior until about this last half hour. Now I'm just furious. Yeah, he's been pretty open about the fact I'm not the favorite child anymore. The, who do you think is? Come on. You know. You've said on the podcast that I'm not the favorite child anymore. Yeah, but that was it was like DeMonte's last day. I was trying to. No, nah, it was after know, he already left. Work him up. And your mom told me I have to stop saying it. You know you're my favorite. You've okay. always been my favorite. All right. I love all my kids equally, but I don't like them sure all equally. Anyways. Oh, but, but it seems like Mike wants a rating for you today. No. No. I told you. Stop. 7.2. Stop. All right. Let's get DeMonte's video. Surprise video right now. I, that let's was see. my line. Let, oh, I apologize. I'm taking it now. 7.1. Let's see DeMonte's video. Go. Without further ado. Yes. Yes, here we are. You open it up, pardon my band-aid. Got a little plush blankie on her. Take that off, and then what do you have? 
you have this. I don't even really know what to say about it. Um, it's it's just it's it's just so amazing. It'd be awesome if my name were on there, but I uh, actually hit up an engraver earlier. Got some stuff in the works. We officially have the 100,000 subscribers. You know it's not actual. You don't actually have 100,000 subscribers until you have the plaque. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you to everybody that listens. Miss you guys. Can't wait to be with you guys again. And we got it. That is awesome. That is so cool. We oh, actually look at got bro, the sir. plaque. And Demonte wearing his work clothes. Looking all professional. Got a polo on. He That's looks crazy great. right there. You know what, Diora? You were right. He's he's back to being my favorite. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> we got to 100,000. And Demonte, don't you engrave that. There is no place on get the it plaque engraved. for co-hosts. It's the host. See, you, oh, what, so your name isn't on it? Uh, literally, it says, what's right with Nick Wright? Literally on the plaque. So, so you could do the show by yourself, right? Since you're a host. I should just. I, I have better things to do. You know, I'm really cool. I'm really popular and fun. You know. See you guys Tuesday for episode 147. Enjoy the draft and the rest of round one of the NBA playoffs. See you guys then. What's right? Bye.